Hi everyone and welcome to uh, this edition of Sea Blue Smart. I'm delighted to be joined today by Dom Neil Dwyer and we're going to talk about change um, and the role of marketing in driving um, cultural and organisational change. Um, Dom, I'll let you introduce yourself. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, as you say, my name's Dom. I'm uh, very much passionate about growth, about impact. Um, I'm a marketeer uh, that really believes in driving change and marketing should very much be um, supporting at the heart of that. And uh, I've worked in technology, BBC, Sony, startups um, and sort of, you know, semi scale up. So a real diversity of experience and across cultures. So really pleased to talk to you today. Brilliant. Thanks, Dom. So, I mean, I'd love to start by getting your view, your, your perspective on the role of, of marketing in, in driving change. And um, I, I know those who follow you on, on LinkedIn may have seen the amazing infographic that, uh, that you created. It was so insightful um, in terms of the types of individuals that we see within organisations. But I'd, I'd love to start by getting your, your thoughts and perspective. Yeah, so um, I would be biased, but I think marketing's got a really, a really important role to to play in any change. Um, so for me, I kind of see marketing as as a bit of a glue and at the heart of of any company. And by that, it's a service mentality. It's not about being the heroes. It's being a service. And and the reason we can play that strong change is, you know, fundamentally, marketing is looking at the needs of the customer which everyone needs to kind of share and understand that information. Marketing's looking external at the competition at the market and people need to be aware of that. And then you know, one of the key players in the brand story and the foundations of the brand. So, and that leads to the values in the company uh, and also has an eye on commercial. So I think marketing straddles a lot of different areas across a company. And that means it can have such an influence bringing in the customer view, bringing in the external view, bringing in the brand view, but also as a communicator. Um, you know, and I think particularly in digital times, you see a lot of people struggling with digital communication and a lot of change is about communication. And I think who are the paid communicators in any company? Yeah. It's the marketing team. So I think marketers have a really really important role to to play in change that they may not actually realize but yeah. but they should they they absolutely should yeah and what so i i completely agree with you by the way and, and you know we absolutely as marketers should you know have the customer first and center that understanding of the needs and and be that channel that voice of the customer into the organization i guess what what are your thoughts in terms of how how can marketers, you know, maybe are now realizing that actually we do have that role to play. How can they be successful and effective in, in doing that? Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> so I think, um, fundamentally, if you think of the, you know, I guess the barriers to change, you know, it's it's understanding what those barriers are. When you kind of go into it, you know, I'm sure everyone's been through it, but it's that thing of, you know, not invented here or fear, uncertainty, um, unclear, unclear on where we're heading, the vision. 
or you know do we even need this um and, you know it, as a marketeer i've always kind of partnered with ceo or you know senior leadership about okay what's the story like what's the story we're going to create and how can we use particularly the external environment to articulate that because that's why we're making the change and, yeah. and that's where i think you know, any marketeer that is you know listening to this and thinking about how can you get involved in changes you know talk to whoever's driving the change and see you've got loads of information that you can help that person articulate why the change is happening and help people understand the story behind the change because fundamentally that's that's part of the you know overcoming those barriers um so that's what i would sort of recommend to to mark is um get involved uh, and I think we had a little chat before the start of this um, podcast, which was um, as a as having been a driver of lots of change in lots of different environments, you notice the people who are the, you know, the, the sort of proactive people, and those proactive people pretty much stand out like these big shining beacons that you then, you know, want to involve. Um, going forward and pass the change. So it's a great opportunity. If people see it as an opportunity, um, get involved early in any change, even if it's scary, because that, that's going to improve your standing in any company and, and an understanding of how marketing contributes um, beyond beyond you know the role that you potentially have. And and just building on that, I guess what so what is it that that you observe, like what what behaviours, what actions are, are people doing? They said that that make them stand out. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to do the the, cha the, the change. Yeah. The things that people do that stand yeah. out. Um, one of the biggest things I had in my last company, actually, I was driving a brand um, transformation. We were putting that at the heart of the values of the company, um, which was massively different from from where we were. But we wanted to be authentic. And we, I, I pulled together champions in all sorts of different functions. And what stood out, some of the, um, you know, some of these champions is the sort of bravery to talk about things that they didn't necessarily fully understand. So, you know, you've got someone talking about brand that through their life had been, was an out and out performance marketing specialist, knew conversion rates down to the 0.01%. And they were talking about brand. They were out of their comfort zone, and that was that makes you, people stand out because you know they're pushing themselves. You know that they're really trying, even if you know potentially you could do a better job. It's about it's more honest in a way coming yeah. from people that that are you know closer to their teams talking about yeah. their change. So that's that's part of the things about how people stand out. You notice they're out of their comfort zone. Um, and you notice also that they may be sceptical, they may go, well, I'm not sure about that, but give it a go. So those type of people are, they're the best kind to have in your chain. Yeah. You know, everyone trusts them, you know, everyone knows they're a bit of a sceptic, but they're prepared to give it a go. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, <laughs> going to the infographic that I recommend yeah. everyone looks at, um, you've got you know the the, the blockers of change, and uh, they come from lots of different schools. Um, you've got kind of the school that's the not invented here school. So I kind of call these you know empire builders. You know I've termed a few. You know there's a bunker builder, 
and you yeah. know, on on the infographics, you can identify them because they're never seen in the wild. They're never seen out of their little their little bunker. Yeah, uh, you know, and they stay in there while you're trying to drive a change. Um, you've got those that um, that appear they're listening, appear they're listening don't want to hear and it's funny I came across these ones quite recently and they literally say I just don't get it so you could do the most fantastic presentation Q&A and then they'll say I just don't understand and then you go and talk to them and you go and have sessions individually and they go I just don't understand and it goes on and on and on and you try different ways and you realize they don't they understand they're just saying that so they just don't like what they're hearing maybe yeah some of the most frustrating yeah. uh, people and then the others that um i would i would say the sort of really um one that's one that particularly that drives me crazy is the kind of i call them the data needer so you can identify those in the wild because you know they're found nesting in spreadsheets and they ask for more and more proof and more and more information and you can give them you know everything and they'll never ever get on board and so they are i find them particularly frustrating what about you you have a yeah oh oh yeah you know and we will we will share the um the infographic when when this goes out you know because it's it is brilliant there's so many of the those characteristics or those types that that i i recognize as well um definitely that you know but we've always done it this way you know again that you know we don't want to try something new which which is quite um it's always challenging particularly if you're new you know new into an organization or new into a team or a program and and, and you can see areas for improvement and and you come across those those barriers um, and i've also definitely come across that i need more data um, and you know it's an interesting one from a marketing perspective because we are becoming so much more, you know, data driven and, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely all for for utilizing data and, and, you know, measuring impact and success, but not not to the nth degree. I think you have to be you have to be comfortable with I, I, I analyze and I interpret the data that I have, but I have to apply some of my own knowledge and expertise and a little bit of you know gut instinct and a little bit of bravery yeah and, and you put that all together to do new things otherwise you know if, if we're relying entirely on data we become you know a, a computer program could do yeah, that right yeah. it's the human aspect that you apply to any decision making yeah, is what moves yeah. you forward so so you know i i think um yeah it's it's utilized data but you have to to be able to take that that next step yeah i've forward. got an example of that and uh, i won't name the company but um you know brand transformation brand was in the toilet no organic traffic you know no um, no brand uplift nothing and um i was challenged on a rebrand what's the proof and all i i couldn't even be bothered with it to be honest i just said look at the valuation of coke Look at how much Starbucks, you know, charges for a for a coffee, and you know there are data points. But as you say, it comes to a point where you know what, <laughs> there are no data points specifically yes. for our organisation because it's something we've never done before, and that's just 
you're just going to have to get on board. Yeah. <laughs> or, or uh, you know, we can't keep exploring all these different data points. So, yeah. um, you know, I think that's the challenge in a change, particularly for a specific, you know, any company. You don't have those data points in the company because you're driving change. It's, yeah. it's like innovation is change. You know, how can you prove that this innovation will work? You can't until you get into the execution. It may fail. How can you prove improvement is change? You can't unless you execute it well. So that's the challenge with the data needed. They know you don't actually have the answer in the organization. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but it, it, you know, it, it, it leads on to such an interesting topic as well. And in, in my view, it's like it is the role of of culture in driving that change, right? So, you know, we'll 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 take our, you know, our, our data person as the example, and you'll never have enough data points to, to satisfy. But equally, how much of that inability to move forwards is, is driven by that 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 fear of change, that fear of failure, that I don't want to stick my head above the parapet. And you know, what impact does organizational culture almost that permission to try, permission to fail, you know, the impact that that can have on, on driving change and innovation. Yeah, and I think it's enormous. You know, if I just give you an example, when I learned about a lot of the change stuff that I practiced, I learned at the BBC and, um, you know, it, the situation was, it was back in the days of Greg Dyke and the BBC wasn't creative enough, it didn't focus on its audience, and it didn't collaborate enough, amongst other things. <laughs> Um, you've got very, you know, you've got stars, you've got program makers, you've got a lot of, you know, egos around the place and it's it's quite challenging to, to move forward and change. So what we did was we involved people, we asked people and we used something called appreciative inquiry, which is basically you're asking people to imagine the future, to co-create the future and the power of that was absolutely astonishing. We got so much buy-in. It was almost like <clears throat> other people were running the change, you know, like they're running the change. Um, so if you can harness that, and that's a cultural thing because you're changing the culture by creating a dialogue in the company that is one of imagining the future. Mm. And I think if you can do that in any company, that thing of involving people, and creating this future together that's that's obviously the best scenario it's a difficult one to create because maybe the change has already been decided and it all feels a bit fake the consultation period you know classic is when we're going to do a restructure we just want to get rid of 30 percent of people no one's consulting anyone right it's just it's just a game to get people on board yes. so i think in those, it has to be an authentic um, approach to, to a dialogue. So that's that's the first around culture. And then <clears throat> leadership, you get tested day in, day out, day in, day out. I started to bring change to a company. Part of it was about no hierarchy, you know, low, high, limited hierarchy. Um, we went on an away day. Um, historically, it was a company that put more senior people in different type of hotels. And I just said, you've got to be joking, stick me in with everybody else. And I remember someone from the team actually saying, you know, they didn't give me it. Of course, there's no credit, but they basically said, well, you know, we'll see how long that lasts. And that's, you know, that's a classic that, you know, you have to be consistent and you have to 
show that you really mean what you're what you're doing because people yeah. are watching you like hawks. Um, so so I think that's the other thing, the leadership. And the final piece is, and I mentioned it, champions. If you've got champions, and that's part of the involvement process, um, you know, when you deal with some of these change blockers, of course, if I'm leading the change, they're going to love a little argument with me and know that I'm biased because I, I, you know, I'm I'm driving the change. But once they've got one in their own bunker, the bunker builder, once they've got one in their own bunker that's that's talking about the change, and maybe there's something in this, everybody. Suddenly, you've you you've got um, you know, it's like a a, a kind of walk. You've got bridgeheads. Yeah. Then, yeah. You know, as long as you know, and you've got to be a bit flexible. Like, there's always flexibility in in how you execute things. So, always listening out for better ways to do things through your champions. So, those are my uh, particular ingredients, and um, got to be cross-functional. So, don't yeah. have one function driving it. Absolutely, and 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 all of those points, you know, resonate with me, and and I've experienced, you know, personally as as well. You know, as we spoke again before we started about my experience, and maybe where I would have sat on on, on the infographic, and I think certainly at the start of of my career, I I I had this fixed mindset. It was driven by a fear of change. And, and as you know, as, as we were talking before, you know, you can't exist in a in an organization in a corporate, you know, especially in a large corporate organization without getting comfortable with with change. And I certainly had a you know a very clear light bulb moment. And and it was, you know, touching on all of those points like around there was a change of of um leadership in the company I was in at the time and, and they were looking to change direction. There was a very big program around um you know driving culture change led from the top down. But really importantly to your point, like they had they told a very clear story as to what was being achieved. They got the employees on board and created the champions. And and I was one of those champions identified so <laughs> so it's amazing it, like the the training the rollout of the organizational change was not delivered by the leadership team it was delivered by middle management or lower management out to to, to the wider organization and um uh, you know we didn't talk about this one but you know i was i was um we had a worldwide kickoff um it was in Vegas, but bringing together the whole global team, and and I was one of the people running an all-day training workshop, and it's great, you know. There's there's nothing that get that helps the buy-in of organisational change than having the people who, at the end of the day, will be the people who drive it day to day. Yeah, delivering that change out to their team. And so that's, really powerful. That's such a good example because look, you talk about it now. You got pride in it. I bet when you were doing that kickoff and you took that forward, you were unstoppable. So yeah, yeah it sounds like it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember so much of you know the methodology and everything we were trying to achieve. And I've taken that with me to this day. You know that 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 change from fixed to growth mindset. It's just it's it's so. It's so powerful. 
Yeah. You know, in terms of what you can achieve as an individual, whether you're as an employee, a leader or, you know, in my case, having you know now set up a business. But, you know, be great. What are your thoughts on, you know, what's the importance of, of growth mindset to, to you? Yeah, it's fundamental. It's kind of how I how I exist in the world. <laughs> um, one of my favorite sayings, which comes from the uh, the Navy SEALs is be, um, you know, be uncomfortable, you know, um, be be comfortable with the uncomfortable and i think that's that's a, that's a real kind of motto to live your life because um if you do that you learn things you experience new things you do crazy stuff you get so much experience and, and i think a lot of people benchmark life in sorry to get existential but benchmark cool. life in um in you know was i good at this one thing and did i and and that's fine but wouldn't it be better like you're not going to look back and go well i'm so proud i you know i did you know this one thing you know for, for 15 years um i think you're going to look back on what, what the experiences you had in your life and the memories you had and the things you learned and the things that you passed on to others and i think that's that's to me is why i love the growth mindset because it's just about my own journey in life and i don't think there's a right life to live or a wrong life to live um, but when you come down to the organization and why it's good in an organization is innovations change, improvements change. If you can't see the opportunity in that, then you're you're holding your organization back. Not only are you doing that, and this is what I feel passionately about um, change, is people are being paid by organizations. It supports families. It supports communities. If you don't do the best for that company, to improve it and improve that company you're not improving the lives of all the people that exist in that ecosystem and therefore it's a very selfish point of view to have a, a, a fixed mindset because you're you're not just holding back your own potential you're holding back a potential of people outside of your organization of people's families so I know it's hard but get on board get involved in the change like you did and, and yeah. make it happen because you know it's way beyond you this whole thing it's what as we've seen with the the pandemic you know all this stuff is way beyond us and you know life changes so fundamentally you need a growth mindset to get through to get through life i think yeah it's it's it, it, it's just that being open and accepting of like conversations you never know where a, a simple <laughs> conversation can take you in life um, you, you'll learn something. It might spark an idea, create a new, form a new, you know, relationship, you know, opportunity down the line. You just don't know where where these things will will take you. And um, yeah, my, you know, touching on my experience coming out of you know client side and corporate life into now, you know, running a small business, and it it's been the there's been many enjoyable pieces but the, the biggest one has actually been the freedom and the openness whether it was the mindset change in, in, in my head but certainly that openness and willingness to you know to talk to people to have conversations and I've just got back tenfold like the 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 generosity of people with their their knowledge their time their willingness to help it, it's incredible it, it's, yeah. it, it's you know and, and 
you'd never know unless you have those conversations, you know, start a conversation or, you know, whether it's on, you know, social media through, you know, if you're doing it in that forum, if you're at an event or when we're ever allowed to, you know, to meet in person again, hopefully not too far away, but just staying open. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's, um, you can sort of, I guess, exponentially change things because of the conversations you have. Like, um, you know, we would have never met uh, well, I would have never been on this podcast. Who knows yeah. what will happen out of this? Uh, <laughs> and, and it's an exciting way to live your life with a growth mindset. It's very exciting as well as as well as it's rewarding. You know, if you think of you, you don't know how far you can go. And yet if you have a fixed mindset, you really limit that. So, you know, being open, it's uncomfortable, but uncomfortableness is it's a temporary thing. It's a temporary thing. Um, whereas you'll be really uncomfortable when you get the limit of your capability and you realise you can't go any further for the rest of your life. Like that's uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I mean, this is this is clearly a topic that that you and I could talk about for a very long time. Uh, it, it, it's it is a topic that we're both hugely passionate about. But I'm going to close off and ask you, you know, what, and um, let's bring it back to, to to market again and marketing and marketing leaders. You know, doesn't they don't even have to be marketing leaders. I think everyone is a leader. You don't have to have a job title that says head off. Everyone can can adopt a leadership position. But I guess what is that one single piece of advice you would give to to a marketer? Oh, that's a that's a big one. I think. Um... I- I do ask big questions. Yeah, one. <laughs> um, oh, one, one big piece of advice. Well, I think that that thing, I, right, a lot of people um, complain that people don't understand about marketing and they think we do this and we think we do that. And I think as, you know, you just need to turn that customer marketing mindset on your organisation because you would never look at a customer and go, fair enough, you don't think our product has any value or, or whatever. You'd work out a way to help them understand the value of the product and even adjust the product towards anything. And so my advice to any anyone in marketing is make sure you apply that lens to your organization, because if people in your organization don't appreciate what you do and don't appreciate what you can tr- contribute, they'll be missing out on the things we've just talked about, missing out on change, missing out on customer focus, missing out on external understanding. And all of those things are not just about marketing. They're Mm. about the strength of what you're offering the rest of the company. So I do think it's an important thing. Don't ignore if people don't understand marketing because fundamentally your company's not optimised if if they don't. So that would be my uh, my one piece of advice. Amazing. Thanks, Dom. Well, as I said, we will we will attach a link to to your infographic when uh, when we push this out in our social channel. And I would say to anyone who doesn't follow Dom on LinkedIn to to follow, um, you post some great content. So it's so definitely worth uh, worth following Dom. So thank you so much for your time today. Thanks a lot.